everybody. It's the Carolina's Georgia Pro Wrestling Report. I'm your host, Heath Mulliken. And on this October 26, 2020 edition, we've got results from Three Count Pro Wrestling and Palmetto Championship Wrestling. And then we're going to close out this episode with an interview with Pro Wrestling Union promoter Cole McAbee. You want to stick around for that. Also, if you want to join us this week on Patreon, that's patreon.com slash double dropkick. Uh, uh, this week, for our $1 patrons, we're going to have all the behind-the-scenes news from this weekend's shows. For our $5 patrons, we're going to be taking a deeper dive into the ups and downs of wrestling training. On what did I just watch for our $10 patrons, I'm going to be discussing the, the Action Wrestling Future Showcase that took place a few weeks ago and released on IWTV over the weekend. As you know, I've been watching more wrestling. I want to be... Uh, a commentator who actually watches the wrestling that he discusses. Uh, so when I'm not able to get to a show, I try to watch it. Not going to be one of those guys out there who's uh, talking about wrestlers he's uh, never seen and, and that kind of stuff. So uh, that's not a dig at anyone in particular at all. Uh, and for our $15 patrons this week, I'm going to be taking the pencil and rebooking last weekend's shows plus – you never know what you're going to hear on the vault again. That's patreon.com slash double dropkick. Join the fun. Hey, and as soon as you join, you get access to all the previous posts at your level. If you are you become a $15 patron, there's a lot of things you get, and that's basically access to every post ever uh, <laughs> from the double dropkick show and behind the scenes. Also, with wrestling starting back up, we're adding new content to the SOS Custom Wrestling Network. It's only $4.99 a month. Use the code $2.99 to get your first month for $2.99. And if you got high spots, you can watch a lot of our stuff on there. It helps the cause. That's SOSCustomNetwork.com. It is the place uh, for wrestling's, wrestling in the Carolinas. We're the, we're the home of Viral Pro Wrestling. And so it's the only place you can see a lot of the great wrestling that is around in this area. Uh, let's get to this weekend. So last weekend, Cheshire APW had another great crowd. We haven't got their uh, results for their show yet, but as soon as we do, we'll get those out to you. But Saturday night, Three Count Pro Wrestling was at Paris Mountain Baptist Church. They had a full card. They had to move this show indoors uh, because of the weather situation. And it was a full night of action and a packed house. Uh, they were... Like I said, planning on doing an outdoor show, moved it inside, and it was crowded in there. Uh, you had Team Y2X making their return to three count. Nick Kismet, who was returning uh, from an injury, and they defeated the team of Boomer Payne and Cruiser Lewis, the Unbookables, teaming up. And after the match, there was a little dissension with Boomer Payne blaming Cruiser Lewis for the loss. Cruiser Lewis now celebrating 33 years in wrestling that is that is hard to believe uh he is one of the crafty veterans in this area in this region and always uh, a tough one to overcome but it's team y2x getting the victory Derek driver defeated devin cruz in what some would say a little bit of a questionable manner he may have had a hold of the ropes he may have had a hold of the tights i don't know i haven't seen the replay yet but it's Derek Driver getting the win, and he wouldn't be done for the evening. Uh, Jermaine the Pain 
who, if you remember, if you watch, if you follow three count, had a little bit in change in attitude, and on this night defeated his former tag team partner, Ryan Gentry, Jermaine the Pain, that boxing training coming in as he defeated Ryan Gentry, that big right hook, and that's something you got to look out for. And even though Jermaine the Pain is still really learning the ropes as a wrestler, real, still developing as a wrestler, having that boxing background, makes it possible that he can knock anybody out any time, and that always makes him a threat. Jacob Armachain challenged Jake Jacobs for that next level championship. Surprisingly, uh, the Scottish Prince, Joshua Oglesbie, returned. It was in the corner of Armachain, and he was right in the thick of it. As things went a little crazy, Jake Jacobs lost his temper grabbed a chair, and went after Armachain, and Armachain got the victory by disqualification, but Jake Jacobs retained that next-level championship. The three-count tag team titles were on the line as Friendly Fire, uh, Jamal Hewins, and Austin Bebop defended against Zuka King and Chris Vallow of the E&D and the Brothers, and it was Friendly Fire with a successful defense it looked like Zuka King and Chris Vallow were going to be walking out and adding to their tag team title collection, but it was Friendly Fire walking away three-count tag team champions. And in the main event, you heard from Austin Jordan last week that he was not going to cower, that he was not going to be afraid of Jackson Sane, and indeed he wasn't. And it was Austin Jordan getting a pinfall victory after the game changer over Jackson Sane, but it is what happened after the match that has everybody talking. As Ken Magnum returned to three count and Derek Driver came out to the ring to attack Austin Jordan. Austin Jordan and Jackson Sane were able to clear house and get things under control, and Commissioner Eric Bowman came out and it was announced. December 5th, Calvary First Baptist Church, the main event of Country Santa Clash. It will be a four-way ladder match for the three-count heavyweight championship. Austin Jordan versus Ken Magnum versus Jackson Sane versus Derek Driver. This is I've never seen Ken Magnum in a ladder match. Austin Jordan and Derek Driver have fought in ladder matches before. Jackson Sane is absolutely crazy. Who is going to come out on top? Again, it's December 5th, Calvary First Baptist Church there in Greenville. You do not want to miss this match. Who is going to come out on top? Who is going to climb the ladder and end 2020, a crazy year? But someone's going to walk out the three-count heavyweight champion and have a lot of momentum heading into 2021. Down in Columbia, South Carolina at Seven Oaks Park, Palmetto Championship Wrestling was back. And if you remember last month, there was supposed to be a singles match between James Johnson and Anthony Henry. Anthony Henry had to pull out of the show. Well, he wanted to make it up to the fans, and he came out and said, Hey, even though I'm going to be in the main event, I want to wrestle James Johnson. I signed for that match. I want to, you know, Fulfill my obligations. And it was James Johnson with perhaps 
the upset of the year, maybe, in wrestling, at least in South Carolina, probably beyond, defeating former one half of the Evolved Tag Team Champions, former PWX world champion, huge victory for James Johnson. And the question now, will James Johnson be able uh, to build on that momentum? Next, we had a scramble match to determine the new number one contender for the PCW Soda City Championship. Hey, before I go any further, I want to thank uh, Robert Truesdale, one of our patrons. Also, Joe Brown, one of our patrons. They both uh, uh, sent in results for this show, so thanks for following. I know it's hard sometimes to keep up while you're watching the show, but both of these guys sent in really good reports uh, of what was happening and so I want to I want to thank both of them for doing that. Here's the order of entry for this scramble match. You had Caribbean Tiger, who is a wrestler out of the North Carolina coast, also uh, along with Donnie Ray. Donnie Ray, who is someone they've both wrestled in in PWF uh, down in the Wilmington area, and now making their way up to Columbia, South Carolina. Drew Hood, who's been making waves around in the Carolinas. Uh, Kay Holiday, who is. Uh, a young up and counter. You have PJ Ellis. Uh, you have Joey Ford, who part of that uh, tag team, All Worm No Soul. And then you had the former Soda City champion, who actually came out at the beginning of the show, demanded a rematch. Instead, Henry Sugars and Dave Foster put him in this match. And it was a scramble elimination style match. And the last man standing here was Donnie Ray in what I would consider the second upset of the evening. Donnie Ray, he's appeared in Palmetto Championship Wrestling a couple of times, but has not not really had any victories of note. But now Donnie Ray, heading into November 21st, he is the number one contender for that Soda City Championship. Now, while this match was going on, Raylan Albee, who's new to Palmetto Championship Wrestling, was standing at the entryway, I'm told, and it looked as if he was scouting the different combatants. Now, was he scouting them from a managerial standpoint? Was he scouting them as perhaps a tag team partner, perhaps looking to join up with some other people? I don't know. Hard to say. But we just know he was out there taking notes and scouting the talent. I mentioned Donnie Ray being the number one contender for that Soda City Championship, and he's actually going to be challenging a new champion as Starboy BK Westbrook defeated Cody Fluffman. Fluffman, who had just uh, won the title from Owen Knight at the last show. Fluffman with a huge victory, huge, huge crowd support there in Columbia, uh, Columbia, but it wasn't exactly a clean victory as Owen Knight came to the ring, started to walk off with that Soda City Championship belt, which Westbrook used to hit Fluffman over the head, and Westbrook walked out the Soda City Champion. And it looked like Fluffman was injured after the match as Ethan Case came out, his trainer. Several others came to the ring and helped Fluffman to the back. It'll be interesting to see what comes of that. Again, Fluffman was, has built up so much momentum in his young career, and it'll be interesting to see where he goes from there. You know, sometimes the, the sign of a champion, the heart of a champion, 
It's how you bounce back from adversity. And let's see what Fluffman uh, bounces back. Again, Starboard is somebody pretty new to South Carolina, has been wrestling in North Carolina a while, but already has made his mark in a very short amount of time. Next up, we had uh, Mason Miles set to take on Cooper Housley, who made his debut last month. And before their match could start, uh, the Millennial Chance Riser and Patrick Scott, the influencers, came out and began talking trash. So that set up a tag team match with the influencers taking on Miles and Housley. Now, <laughs> as you would expect, Mason Miles showing his true colors in the end, double-crossing Housley and leaving him for Riser and Scott to get the victory. And it looks like Mason Miles, is he becoming an influencer? I don't know. The old disruption seems to be no more, a faction he was a part of with others there in Palmetto Championship Wrestling. So perhaps the influencers are bringing Miles into uh, their corner as well. Next, we had a match. You want to talk about contrast in styles, contrast in size. Jesse Barton taking on Ross Vegas. Ross Vegas is one of the personalities of the real Josh Cutshaw. Ross Vegas, if you follow Viral Pro Wrestling, has they they're doing videos leading up to their next show. Ross Vegas has been a character in one of those videos. Listen, Cutshaw's crazy. If you've seen Cutshaw wrestle, you know not to hit him in the head. But something has happened recently where Vegas has become the dominant personality. But Vegas did come out with uh, with that straight jacket that Cutshaw's known for. And actually, Barton won this match by disqualification because Cutshaw just snapped. He had Barton in the, in the trio in the corner, started choking him with a straight jacket, and the referee had no... Uh, no option but to disqualify him. Uh, we're wondering, we're getting word that Jesse Barton is okay, will be back. And I've also heard this was a tremendous showing for this young man, especially against a veteran such as, such as uh, Cutshaw. And we're, wonder, we're all wondering what's going on with Cutshaw. Have we seen the last of Vegas? Are we going to see the monster? Who are we going to see? You never know what you're going to see with Joshua Cutshaw. And in the main event, heavyweight championship match. Four corners rules. You had the champion, Drew Adler, with Ryan Adler in his corner, Anthony Henry, J.D. Drake, and Ethan Case. Now, at one point in this match, after they had been going for a while, everything broke loose. Referee Chris Wiggins, one of the best in the business, lost control of the match, had no option but to call for a disqualification. It was at that point that General Manager Dave Foster came out and restarted this match under anything goes, uh, somebody's got to win. And upon that, it was Drew Adler getting the win. Ethan Case 
had Anthony Henry in the figure four, and Adler was able to make the pin on Case, who was not able to kick out. He had the man in the figure four, couldn't use his leg to kick out of the cover, and Drew Adler with another successful title defense. And the question is, can Drew Adler make this second championship reign as successful as his first, where he was champion uh, for over a year and had a tremendous title reign of taking on all comers. Adler coming off an injury early in the year, but looked to be, dare I say, like a top-tier talent once again. Palmetto Championship Wrestling returns to Columbia on November the 21st with their final show of the year. No matches announced yet. But as they do announce matches, you know you'll hear about them first. And you not only will hear about the match, you'll get the story behind it. Now, on November 7th, Pro Wrestling Union returns to the Union County Fairgrounds. Two matches announced so far. Randy Wayne is going to defend that Pro Wrestling Union Heavyweight Championship against Cauliflower Chase Brown. And All Worm No Soul defending the tag team titles against the team of Inglorious coming in from Tennessee. They've made a name for themselves in a very, uh, very quick way here in Pro Wrestling Union. I had the opportunity to sit down with the promoter and owner of Pro Wrestling Union, Cole McAbee. He talked about kind of the birth of Pro Wrestling Union, his involvement in pro wrestling, and then he talks about the upcoming show on November the 7th. So this is going to be it. For this episode, I encourage you to listen to this interview. Thanks for joining in. Let's go to my interview now with Cole McAbee. Hey, everybody. We are joined now by the promoter, the owner, the man behind Pro Wrestling Union, Cole McAbee. Cole, thank you for joining me. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Heath. Everything is going just fine. Uh, looking forward to uh event coming up on November 7th. So, uh... So yeah. Well, we're just coming out of the pandemic, but but before before we talk about the seventh, uh, let everybody know, kind of, for you personally, what got you into wrestling. Okay, well, uh, wrestling wise, uh, this is actually uh, kind of off and on. This is like my seventeenth year in the business. Uh, I technically got started in uh, two thousand and three. Uh, I kind of got my start through Thomas Simpson. He was a uh, college professor of mine when I was a student over at USC Union, and uh, he was running shows out of Lancaster uh, called ICW, and a couple of the guys that he had was like uh, uh, Crazy K, Kirby Mack, uh, Alex Stone, um, a few other guys, and uh, and I knew about these matches, and I asked him one day after class, I was like, when's the, when's the next wrestling match you're going to be doing? And he's like, well, how, how do you know about my wrestling? Uh-huh. And, and if I do a Thomas Simpson impersonation, I apologize. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's, it's, it, you just can't do it because his, his voice is so iconic. But, you know, it's like, uh, but I told him, I was like, well, I know about the shows because uh, my, my, my older brother was also a wrestler and wrestled for him. Yeah. So uh, one day uh, he asked me if I was coming to a show and I said, yeah, I'm coming. And he's like, uh, do you want to do commentary? And I'm like, Yes, I do, nice. and and uh, and I got started that way. But then I eventually worked myself to being a manager uh, for a few places like North Carolina, South Carolina, and then I eventually got my first match 
uh, over at Brody Ray Chase's over in Greenville back when he had uh, WWC, World Wrestling Council. Oh, yeah. Not to be mistaken with the one in Puerto Rico, but... Uh, right. But, uh, yeah, I got my first match there, and then just right out the gate, I was just like, this is like the best thing ever. So uh, so I wrestled for a while. I uh, got hurt, came back, uh, got hurt again, came back, and then I kind of transitioned from the uh, the wrestler role to like doing uh, ring announcing, commentary, uh, helping with booking uh, for certain places, uh, just trying to get my uh, trying to get my feet wet on the uh, the backside of the business as opposed to being at the, uh, the front end. And uh, it's it's been an incredible ride. And then uh, this uh, past year, uh, before everything shut down, I, I had decided that I wanted to try my hand at promoting again and. Uh, and I thought about it for a little while, talked to a few people that I was close with in the business, and uh, and I just asked them, I was like, do you think that I can pull this off? And I got a lot of encouragement, and uh, here we are. I created a Pro Wrestling Union. And if you hear a dog in the background, I do apologize. I have a little uh, have a little uh, Chihuahua Terrier mix, and it's got a yap, so I apologize ahead of time. That is, that is, that is quite all right. We just expect expect uh expect it to show up at one of your shows eventually you can be like was it mongo mcmichael that had the little uh chihuahua he carried around with him that would be, oh. good. That would be good yeah i mean i could i could probably be a little bit like mongo mcmichael i'm you know i'm kind of clumsy you know <laughs> <laughs> i just don't have the glorious ponytail oh know? my goodness that's so true um so you started Pro Wrestling Union, um, and you, you guys started having shows back in January. You actually crowned your first heavyweight champion. Randy Wayne defeated Patrick Squ- uh, Patrick Scott. Uh, and then, Was he about to call him Patrick Squat? I, I, yeah, you know what? I'm a professional speaker, but I, I get tongue-tied every time. But you know what? Some, you know, Patrick. Now, Patrick is one of those young guys in this region who... You know he's eventually going to take that next step, and it's just a matter of when. Yeah, that's very true. But actually, and I'm, I'm going to uh, correct it just a little bit. The actual uh, first pro wrestling union show uh, was actually October of uh, last year. So um, we had our first show over at uh, Batesburg, Leesville, which is actually really close to where I live in Lexington County right. in South Carolina. And... Uh, I decided that was going to be my first show, and we were going to do something that coordinated with uh, showing appreciation to uh, first responders right. uh, in the area because uh, you know for you know we have uh, we have a great setup for our responders uh, here in Lexington County, and and but they don't really get a whole lot of recognition. Like they have like the first responders week and stuff like that, but I mean, in all honesty, we never stop working. Right. So that's right. So uh, I wanted to do something on a weekend uh, where you know whoever was off that weekend could uh, come out, have a wrestling, come out, come to a wrestling show, have a good time. So we did that uh, on October, uh, but it was also uh, a very surreal thing because one of our uh, firemen he actually lost his life in the line of duty uh, oh, just a couple of days before the event, and uh, his name's uh, Paul Quatamom, and he was actually a resident from uh, Batesburg, Leesville. So um, it was one of those things that right at the beginning of the show, I, I told uh, all the guys 
I said, hey, before we get started, we are going to do a uh, 10 bell salute uh, for this individual. And it was not asked. It was not prompted. I just said, hey, just just be respectful. Just be quiet. But then uh, uh, we get out there and uh, next thing you know, right as we were announcing it, Every single one of the wrestlers, and I'm talking about like uh, Brady Pierce, Josh uh, Powers, uh, Mr. Nice Guy, Jamal Hewings. I mean, like everybody piled out from behind the curtain, mm-hmm. and they showed respect. And that was, wow. and I, that was that was like, wow, that that's amazing. And the, and the crowd in Baseburg, they they were very appreciative of it. Um, and then, of course, after it was over with, everybody went to the back, and we. And we did a show, and everybody had a great time. We had a really good turnout, and uh, that that was the first show. And uh, but then in January we did the uh, crowning of the first champion. And you're right, uh, Randy Wayne defeating. Now I'm not going to be able to say Patrick Scott anymore. I'm going <laughs> to sorry Scott. about that. And and, and and I love Patty, so uh, I'm going to be teasing him from now on. He's probably going to give me heck for it now, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, they and they had a they had a really good match and everything like that, and uh, and then next thing you know, uh, shut down. So now before right before the shutdown, uh, Randy Wayne defended against Austin Jordan and actually attacked him with that big bull rope and tried to choke him uh, after the match. Uh, and then you guys decided, uh, you know. Right as things are starting to open back up a little bit, you guys had uh, a, a tag team tournament for your tag team championships, and you and you did this in an empty arena. You filmed it. You put it for free out on Facebook and YouTube. How did that all come about, and what was kind of your decision-making process making that happen? Okay. Well, uh, we had um, – my, my original idea for the year 2020, before everything – when all COVID on us, uh, was to, uh, do a show quarterly, uh, just so that way it was just kind of get myself started and everything like that and, and test the waters, uh, just a little bit more, which, uh, we had our January show, uh, which, which did really well. And we had our next event set up for April, but of course by then, uh, March, uh, we, you know, we, they were already shutting things down. So, um, so what I actually had decided to do right as they were deciding to kind of start closing off things, I had made the announcement saying, hey, we're not going to pursue this uh, with the COVID thing going on. Hey, we will we will start back up when things start getting better. Right. And so uh, and me working uh, in uh, county government, stuff like that, of course, we keep a close eye on COVID and everything during all that time. Uh, things were kind of in like a little lull state for a little bit. Right. So I was trying to plan for a July show. And uh, and then, of course, uh, some things happened after that, that that was not necessarily COVID related. And I, you know... Of course, you had like your riots and stuff like that that happened around the nation, and uh, right. you know, it, you know, twenty twenty was just is just been a terrible time. Yeah, that's right. You know, it, you know, and, and it doesn't matter what your outlook on 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 certain events or certain things that happened the way they did. The the way that you got to look at it is like, it, it, you know, it wasn't the ideal thing. No matter how it started, how it finished, 
you had uh, you had people that were getting sick. You had people that were dying. Uh, you had people that were upset, uncertain, turmoil. So this was just really just a really awkward time. So once again, I was just like, well, we're not going to pursue this. And then I started getting talking with um, with the Athletics Commission here in South Carolina. And I was trying to figure out what are my boundaries right. to start off with, you know, because – you know, because I was also noticing that there were some places in North Carolina that were putting on uh, wrestling shows, right. you know, and uh, and w- whether you liked it or not, you know, um, that's 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 choice, personal choice. Right. Um, but I was sitting here and I'm and I'm like thinking, I I could do this, but if I'm going to do it. I, I want it to be about as top notch as I can get it because I had to put off two shows as it is. Right. So uh, I talked with you know I talked with the people that helped me out the most like uh, Chad Jones, uh, Thomas Simpson, and uh, a couple of other guys, and I just told them I said, "What if we did a TV taping of some sort?" You know, mm-hmm. and and then we were just kind of kicking around ideas. And at the April show, we were supposed to crown our first tag team champions anyway. Right. Uh, but the original idea was going to be a four corners uh, elimination tag match. Mm-hmm. But it was Thomas who actually came up with the idea and said, hey, why don't you just do a tag team tournament? Right. Um, and, and not try to worry about trying to do like like YouTube TV, stuff like that. He said, just have one good event. He said, because by you know, fall or like, you know, late summer, he said, this should blow over, right. you know? And I said, I said, okay, well let's do that. So, uh, we picked, we picked out our teams and everything. And, uh, and I was very, very happy with the results, uh, especially having teams like, uh, Inglorious, uh, Jeff Conley and, uh, Aiden Cross, who, uh, who are really good tag, who are a really good team out of Tennessee. And, uh, of course, we had the Heat Seekers, who right. uh four-time NWA tag team champions. Come oh, on. yeah, they're incredible. <laughs> uh, and, and I know that this gets said a lot amongst people that I know, that they call them the best unsigned tag team, or some people that will say they're the best tag team that's not called FTR. Right. You know? Yeah. But I sit there and I say, yes, they are the best unsigned tag team until they become the best signed tag team. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because they're they're honestly that great. Uh, so now backtracking a little bit, <laughs> uh, since you mentioned uh, Austin Jordan and Randy Wayne and the uh, the bull rope incident that happened that actually happened in Union, out of all places, too. It happened at the old movie theater where we had a uh, Trans South Wrestling revival show, right? And uh, surely enough, it was a really good competitive match. Next thing you know, Randy Wayne just boom, punches them right in the uh, midsection. Uh, well, blow, blow. But, uh, and then next thing you know, it just wasn't enough. So he just grabs that bull rope and just threw him over there. And I'm like thinking, I'm like, can I cuss? Right. <laughs> you know? I don't know. But I'm like, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Because uh, this is, this is goes way beyond what really needs to be done. And, uh, and then he ends up kicking me uh, right in the, uh, right in the giblets for my trouble trying to help out Austin. So, 
So all that happened. And so when we were thinking about what else can we do for this tag team tournament, I was like, it's only natural to go ahead and put these two together. And when we were kicking around that idea, it was Randy Wayne that actually went to us and said, hey, I wanted two out of three falls. And I'm like thinking, I'm like thinking, you got to be crazy. Right. He wasn't joking. Yeah, he wasn't joking at all. He was dead serious. He said, I wanted two out of three falls. And I was like, okay, <laughs> we'll do a two out of three falls and we'll see what happens. And uh, and I and I know that you watched the match and everything like that. And it was it was it was rough in some parts. You know, there was a lot of times that I just thought I just kind of fed Austin to the wolves there. So. All I know is that they have wrestled twice, and both times, shall I say, uh, Randy Wayne took a shortcut to leave town with the championship. That's all I'll say. You would be correct, <laughs> but the thing and the thing is about uh, professional wrestling, and you know, it's 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 just. Uh, you know, if the referee doesn't see it, that's it. It doesn't matter. You know, there is no replays. It's not like it's not like the NFL where they go back and they say, "Well, hey, let's throw a penalty flag here." You know, you know, if it's if it's caught, it's caught. If it's not, it's not. And that's all there is to it. Um, but that's that's also the appeal about wrestling because you got people that will get so upset over the outcome of the match that all they want to do is say, "I can't wait to see what happens the next time they get back in the ring with each other." Right, right. You know, because that's what keeps them coming back for more because they they just want to see how it ends or they want to see what the next chapter of the story is going to be. Right, right. Well, that night at the uh, tag team tournament, you, you mentioned a lot of the great teams, but it was actually a, a local team, a Carolinas team, Joey Ford and Brady Cow- Collins, all worm no soul, who actually came out on top and yeah. became the first PWU tag team champions. Yes, 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 yes. And uh, and and the thing was is that, in all honesty, and I'm just going to say it, I kind of had my pick for the Heat Seekers. You know, I mean, I was like, uh, this is like, I don't want to discount any of the other teams here, but four-time NWA World Tag Team Champions, that's a lot to be processing, especially you're standing across the ring from somebody like that, because I can't imagine uh, being any of the young teams that were in the tournament and thinking you're across the ring with uh, Anybody that's got a resume that's a mile long with 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 the championship reigns to go along with it. I mean, these are guys that are not just wrestled here in the United States. Yeah. They've gone over to Japan and they've and they've conquered it. You know, they've they've uh, made a name for themselves over there as well. And I mean, that's that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of stress. That's a lot of worry to put on you know anybody because I know as a wrestler, uh, one time I had to get in the ring with Ricky Morton. Oh wow! And uh, and the nerves that I had—I mean, it didn't matter if I was a cocky little or anything like that. It's Ricky Morton. This is a man that's uh, done a lot in this business. So it's like, it's like I, you know, I really don't know how I'm gonna—I don't really know how I'm gonna get through this. But uh, but surprisingly enough, I got over on uh, Ricky Morton. So I. I under questionable tactics, but that's neither here or there, though. <laughs> um, so you, you uh, so coming up November seventh, uh, Pro Wrestling Union returns. Um, 
some really, really big matches, four uh, matches that you've announced so far, one including uh, those tag team championships, all worm no solar defending against a, another team that was in the tournament, a, a team that I thought might win it all, and that's the team of Inglorious, Jeff Conley, and Aiden Cross. So for folks in the Carolinas, they may not be as familiar with these guys. They're out of Tennessee, but what can you tell the fans about Inglorious, and what can they look forward to in this uh, tag team championship match? Okay. Well, I will say pound for pound, uh, Jeff Conley is probably the best technician in the Southeast, and that is saying a lot. Um, and then you have his tag partner, uh, Aiden Cross, who, um, you know, he may not be the biggest man in the room or anything like that, but uh, he's probably got, like, the biggest mean streak out of anybody because it's so it's a, it's a very interesting dynamic between those two because Jeff is so calm and calculating and and nothing seems to phase him. Mm-hmm. And then you just have his partner who is just – he just looks infinitely pissed all the time. So, right. and, and he's very aggressive too. And, like, when he, when he hits you, you know he hits you. And, I mean, he doesn't hold anything back. So um, – and they work very, very well together, uh, as anybody would see in that um, in that YouTube uh, tag team tournament broadcast that we did. Uh, they work very well together. In fact, they had lost to All Worm no Soul in a match that was very, very close between the two of them, and right. uh, and it could have gone either way. But uh, Joey and Brady they came out on top, and uh, of course they went on to the finals and defeated the heat seekers so now they're going to defend the championships against them so it's going to be interesting to see what happens because it's it may be the first time that these uh that the crowd for union south carolina get to get to see these guys ring together so um i think they're going to be in for a real treat especially going off of what that match was uh back in august well, that's going to be, uh, I mean, that's going to be a treat for all the fans there. You've also got uh, a young man who actually had his debut match in that tag team tournament, Tillman Allen. And yes. you talk about throwing somebody in the deep end. Tillman Allen is taking on Derek Driver, longtime mainstay in the Carolinas in Georgia. Like uh, One of those guys that if he got called, if he got signed, Monday morning, no one would be surprised. But Tillman Allen taking on Absolutely. Derek Driver. Yeah, and, and I'll and I'll and I'll say this about Tillman: um, he was actually brought into the tournament as a last-minute addition. Uh, we had actually already had a team that was picked out for uh, Inglorious uh, in the first round. That team, who will be nameless, um, because they they don't deserve to be mentioned. And that's the shoot. Um, they uh, they got onto the show, but then they disqualified themselves before we got a lot of stuff put together. And uh, for that, I told them, I'm like, well, we're not going to have anything to do with you guys. Y'all can stay over there and do whatever you guys want to. And anybody else that wants to hire you, that's fine. Right, right. So we have Jeff Conley and Aiden Cross. They had a bye for the first round. And, you know, and the thing is, is that these guys are not – they're not good guys, okay? Right. You know, they're not there to appease the fans. They're there to 
win matches and they expect a paycheck from me at the end of the night. So um, they came to me and they flat out told me, uh, we don't want a first round bye. Right. We want a match. So that kind of tells you what kind of individuals you're dealing with on that end, that these are not guys that are looking for an easy way out right. or an easy way in. They wanted to they wanted to get in the ring and they wanted to compete. So I, I obliged them and I reached out to some people. And um, the two that got back to me first, one was uh, Jay Jacobs and the other one was Tillman Allen. And I told them, hey, do you think you guys can team together? They said, yes, they'll give it a go. Uh, Tillman, who had never be, who had never been in a professional wrestling match before, and we'll get into that, is that he's a trainee for uh, Brad Lodi Kane, right? And uh, he's, you know, and uh, there was a couple of guys that also come from Lodi's school that was part of that uh, tournament, and that was uh, uh, Chase Emery and Wu Paul, and you know, they're they're products of that school, and you know, and I've seen how good that uh, these guys are doing. So I was like, okay, well, you know, if these guys are uh, as good right now, and this has been under the tut- uh, tutelage of uh, Lodi, who's a tremendous uh, wrestler in his own right. Um, so it was very exciting to see what he could do. And out of that tag team match, even though uh, him and Jacobs, they didn't win the match, um, Tillman showed a lot of uh, resilience. He showed a lot of promise. Uh, he surprised me. And uh, so after everything was all over with, you know, he just kind of thought it was like one and done deal. But we were like, no, 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 no. Let's talk. Um, so we we told him that we will invite you back. And, you know, it's not going to be easy. And he expressed that, you know, he will he will step in the ring with anybody. It did not matter. You know, he wants to uh, prove himself one way or the other. And this is just a young kid. You know, I mean, he's um, he's athletic as is all out. You know, he's a football player and everything like that. He's in his tremendous shape. And all he does is wants to go in and, and train and get in the gym and get in better shape. So um, so naturally, I was like looking for somebody that I felt like would be a good challenge for him. And of course, Derek Driver, who's also the Trans South champion, he's uh he was needing an opponent. So I was like, "All right, well, you said you wanted to prove yourself. You you said you'll take on anybody. This will be the match." And uh, there was no complaints from uh, from Tillman Allen. So wow. I think so. So I think I think he knows that it's a challenge, right? Uh, he, because as you said, Derek Driver is, uh, dear Lord, <laughs> how can I how can I put this? Uh, you know, he's he's one of the most fantastic wrestlers that's been around for a while. You know, he's done just about uh, any just about everything there is to do here in the Southeast area. You know, he was, uh, you know. You know, part of the old NWA anarchy at one point, and you know he was uh, making headways over there. He's been uh, like long title reigns for several promotions here throughout the Carolinas, and uh, and now he's the Trans South champion. And uh, it's going to be a non-title match, though. Uh, you know that needs to be reserved for somebody that uh, that's uh, a little bit more up the ranks here. But you know, you never know. Tillman could pull one out, there might be another match between those two, and the title very much can be on the line. Yeah, so. I definitely understand that. Uh, another match you've got 
this is a match that fans in Union will be very familiar with. This is this is a feud as old as Jacob and Esau. It's Dion Dion Johnson and Hunter Thompson. I was gonna say more like Cain and Abel, but you know. What that that, that one that, was, had, that one had a bad finish. Well, you know, if you've seen one or two uh, Hunter hit uh, hardcore Hunter Hitman, uh, I am butchering his name right now. But uh, hardcore Hitman Hunter Thompson versus Dion Johnson match, they never end well. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Uh, these guys have been fighting since the beginning of time, I think. Um, but no, and all seriously, uh, uh, both of these men have been around for uh, 30 plus years and I don't know what started it all. And, 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 and I've asked, I've actually asked this question before to both men and I never get the same answer. And some of those things I can't repeat because, you know, I'll get in trouble, you'll get in trouble, and uh, we don't want that. But let's just say that came from the Hunter Thompson camp. Right. But, uh, <clears throat> but no, uh, but no, Dion just said he's just jealous because I'm better looking than he is. <laughs> Dion you know, thinks somebody... he's better looking than everybody, though. Well, you know, <laughs> he's got the moves, I will say that. He may not be all about the look, but he's definitely got the style. And uh, if there's any wrestler out there that's got more style is definitely Dion Johnson. So, um, but no, these guys have, these guys have been fighting each other for such a long time. And then we actually going back to that tag team uh, championship tournament. Uh, it just so happened when we, when we were pulling teams, we had Derek driver and a, and a mystery opponent against Dion Johnson and cauliflower chase Brown. Well, that mystery opponent ended up being Hunter Thompson and that was because of the G, uh, G Frederick Vanderford. And, uh, and I was just like thinking, I was like, oh man, this is, this is going to be like war all over again. And clearly enough, the two teams, uh, they both take a count out. They're out of the tournament. And then after the bell is rung and everything like that, there's chaos. There's Dion choking, uh, Hunter. And then there's Hunter choking Dion. We're huh. getting wrestlers breaking them up. I'm even having to leave my post uh, doing the commentary to break it up. And then next thing you know, you know, Dion just fly- finally just told me, he said, I don't care what it takes. I don't care what you got to do. You make that match happen. And I'm like, and I, and I knew how this may go. Right. <laughs> but I know that with it being in union and, uh, and, you know, and I am a uh, former union resident. I was born and raised there. Uh, but Dion Johnson, the best way that I can put it is like Dion Johnson is to Union as Jerry Lawler is to Memphis. Wow. I mean, there's no better way to put it. Yeah. Um, as as Jerry Lawler is the king of Memphis, uh, Dion Johnson is definitely the king of Union County uh, by way of Chambertown. Wow. Uh, the people the people love Dion. They get behind him. It, it does not matter what it is, but they are solidly behind Deion Johnson. So um, the only difference now is that uh, Hunter is going to have the G in his corner. And, uh, you you know, the G, he he was the founder or one of the founders for Trans South Wrestling. And 
and and uh, Derek Vanderford and Deion Johnson have been known friends for the longest time, but then all of a sudden uh, he flipped the script on uh, both uh, Chase Brown and uh, Deion Johnson, and now he's siding with uh, Derek Driver and uh, Hunter Thompson. So, so it's going to be a very interesting. Uh, set up because you know that it's going to be the two bulls locking up and you know only one's going to come out on top naturally right, right. but um, but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens uh we we might have to uh we might have to uh, beef up security a little bit and, and try to get them to protect people because with those two especially uh they might move furniture if you understand what i mean i understand i understand that uh, you mentioned Cauliflower Chase Brown. That is uh, the main event at your show on November 7th. Uh, Chase yes. Brown's going to get a shot at that PWU Heavyweight Championship held by Randy Wayne. Uh, two veterans. You know, Randy Wayne is just an uh, out-and-out brawler, one of the best brawlers in the Carolinas. And Chase Brown is more of a, I mean, I think it's Chase Brown himself. He's like, he, he's going to ride a man all night long. He is a... Uh, Great technical wrestler, and uh, this is going to be a great match. Oh yeah, so and, and I definitely love the uh, the difference in styles there, just because. Uh, and this is honestly not the first time that they've uh, been in the ring together. I think they've been to, they were definitely in the ring together uh, back in February uh, at Classic Pro Wrestling, uh, which is in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, they wrestled, and uh, a few years before that, before. Uh, before Randy Wayne had uh, relocated to Texas, where he really grew into himself uh, in the in, in in the state of professional wrestling, there, um, I believe that they actually had a match together to where uh, Chase Brown defeated Randy Wayne, and, and and in all honesty, and I and I have to keep reminding myself this, but uh, Randy Wayne is. Uh, you know, he he didn't get started in the business uh, as as early as I thought he did. Mm-hmm. He's he's you know he's a 14 year veteran, and 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 for me, you know, now granted I haven't been in the ring uh, for all for all 17 years, but you know I you know I have to keep thinking to myself that I was like I got into this business before he did, you know stuff like that. But uh, Chase Brown, and I remember when I first met Chase a long, long time ago, he started coming around uh, action-packed wrestling uh, over in Chester, South Carolina. Oh, yeah. And uh, he was he was uh, from Rock Hill, so, you know, he wasn't that far. And he was coming down, and he was this guy that was just in tremendous shape. Uh, he was a lot bigger, like thicker, but he was still in tremendous shape. Yeah. And he was like uh, this... Yeah, he was this catch as catch can wrestler, so you know he didn't want to he didn't want to do like your standard like uh, like uh, getting into getting into lockups, certain things like that. He was just kind of like want to shoot in on people, you know, and uh, and legitimately try to hurt them at like a workout session. So, oh wow, and that's, and that's the kind of person he was, you know, and that's when I started realizing like there's something with this guy that's that's not normal. And, uh, but then I got to know him a little bit and, uh, you know, he's a, you know, he's a philosopher, he's an artist and all this other stuff. Uh, he dabbles in a whole lot of other things, but you know, he's, he's definitely unique, um, with, 
with the way that he uh, perceives things, but he's also very unique in the ring as well because I see him do things that you know you just don't see these other wrestlers do, right. like like you know interesting maneuvers into pins that you know that you you that you could possibly see like in like amateur wrestling, like for NCAA or, or even in the Olympics, but he puts his own little spin and flair on things. And he's just always thinking several steps ahead. Uh, so it's going to be, uh, what's going to happen is that Chase is going to have to get Randy Wayne out of his element somehow. Right. Because Randy Wayne only has one gear and that's forward. And he just knows how to, beat someone down as you said he's one of the best brawlers ever i'll give him credit for that but you know chase is gonna have to get him off that element and you know just kind of like just kind of play with him a little bit i guess it's gonna be the best strategy um but randy wayne's a hard hitter and i know that chase can take a lot but you know if you hit somebody hard enough it doesn't matter how tough they are you know you wobble them uh they're almost done for so it's gonna it's it's gonna be interesting to see what those two will do and um, and we got also a because uh, I know you mentioned like the four matches that we got announced and we do have uh, more surprises as far as the uh, other wrestlers as well uh, we've got uh, Jamal Hewins, uh, Mr. Nice Guy from uh, Friendly Fire he's gonna be there uh, Chase Emery Wu Paul and uh, even Austin Jordan himself oh yeah. Uh, he's- He's going to be on the card, uh, but we'll we'll actually have those matches there at the show. Uh, we already know what they're doing, but we'll uh, but we already put out the four matches that we we feature. Uh, these are our four big featured matches, and um, hopefully everybody's going to have a good time, come out and uh, enjoy some of the uh, some great professional wrestling action back in Union, South Carolina. Well, that's going to be uh, incredible. So where can fans go to to get tickets or to find out more about Pro Wrestling Union? Okay, great. Um, to buy tickets, and this is going to sound really old school. I'm sorry, guys. I don't have the whole thing set up with social media stuff. I'm just getting started. Um, so to get the tickets, uh, we currently have them on sale at a business in Union, South Carolina called the Mailbox Store. Uh, that's at 708 South Duncan Bypass in Union, South Carolina. Uh, their business hours Monday through Friday. I think they actually go to Saturday now, but it's normally like from uh, 9 to 5 or 10 to 5, something like that, like normal business hours. Uh, you can speak with uh, Patty Arthur, who's actually one of our sponsors for the show uh, for November the 7th, and uh, her husband, Kyle, who also runs a um, – Facebook, YouTube podcast called the uh, KC Show, um, and they've been uh, they've been putting the word out there for us as well. So tickets are ten dollars, uh, limited seating for only two hundred people, um, just because we're following the guidelines and everything for uh, CDC, South Carolina Athletics Commission, plus the uh, Union County Fair Board. Um, we're just trying to follow those guidelines to keep everybody, you know. Socially distanced, safe, um, Absolutely. but still, be, still being able to have a good time because at that point, you know, that's that's still a priority for us is just to make sure that, you know, people can feel comfortable coming out, even if they feel a certain way about the whole COVID 
mask wearing things like, hey, just look at it this way. It's it's for not only for your protection, it's for their protection. You know, just uh, and once we get you seated, we'll get you in your groups. And uh, and once once you're once you're seated, you know, you can sit down, watch professional wrestling, have a good time. Um, that's that's always going to be the main goal there. But we also want to make sure that our fans are safe because. Um, as much as we want our wrestlers to be safe, uh, we want our fans to be even more safe because the wrestlers take the risk, the fans don't. So. That's right. That's right. Well, folks, it is Pro Wrestling Union. It is getting uh, started back up November 7th. You heard where you can get the tickets. You can go follow Pro Wrestling Union on Facebook. They've also got a YouTube channel where you can see uh, the tag team tournament we were talking about and some of those other matches, you can see the match where Randy Wayne tried to choke out Austin Jordan. Uh, lots of great stuff. Cole, thank you so much for being uh, being on the podcast, and uh, we look forward to hearing great things from Pro Wrestling Union. Well, thank you very much, Heath. It was, uh, it was a pleasure for me as well, and uh, hopefully we'll do this again soon. Absolutely.